We often categorize people's skills by those who can serve sacred situations and others which can work in secular environments. To our detriment, we wrongly characterize the majority of how God has equipped people to a point of no usability. It's time to go the second mile in unleashing your unlikely contributions. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 541, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile. We want to reject mediocre Christianity and follow him as closely as we possibly can. And that's why today I want to talk to you about unlikely contributions, because um, I love reading in the Bible stories of how God uses the unlikely candidates with unlikely skills. I've also loved as a pastor, um, just watching how God uses unlikely candidates with unlikely skills. And my last few weeks have just been overrun with God showing up in different ways and with using unlikely candidates and, and you know, with uh, unexpected skills and abilities to do his work. And so I think it's such an important part because here's the deal that I know that serving as a pastor, a, a lot of people will look at me and say, oh, well, you do the Lord's work because you preach, teach and whatnot. And I'll say, well, hopefully, but also, did you know that you can do the Lord's work and working in healthcare? Did you know that you can do the Lord's work and working in business and finance or uh, blue collar, white collar, inside the home, outside the home, um, professional degrees, um, no formal education. We, we've got to move past this idea of sacred and secular and how that God only uses certain types of people because if we think about it, um, we, we know this to be true that God uses all different types of gifts and abilities. And, and we encourage it and see in others, but a lot of you are might maybe listening to this and thinking, you know what, I only do this so God can't use me. And I want to open up your eyes to a biblical truth today that hopefully uh, will change the way that you see how God has wired you. What is important to think about is that God has made the body of Christ, the individual members of it, very different. Uh, as he mentioned, we, we, uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, we, we don't need all a bunch of you know hands or a bunch of feet. We, we need different parts of the body, which means that there's different gifts and abilities and functions. In fact, what good would be a body full of nothing but eyes, right? We could see well, but we couldn't do anything else and kind of look quite frightening. And, and the same is true for the body of Christ, the people of God. You need to embrace how God has wired you, the gifts that he's given you, and employ them for his purposes rather than saying, well, mine's just a secular thing and that person over there is sacred. No, no. We want to look at your um, the way God's wired you and the unlikely contributions that you can make for the greater good of the kingdom of God. So uh, every Sunday when I preach, my church will still kind of snicker when I say it, uh, but the first words typically out of my mouth are, I want to invite you to turn with me to one of my favorite passages of scripture. And um, and while some people think I'm just saying that tongue in cheek, I've had some people say, do you know that you say that a lot? I go, oh really? Yeah, I, 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 maybe I do. Um, it, it is a it's intentional to say, hey, I believe that any place in scripture is, is incredibly uh, not only informative, 
normative but important for my life. And so um, I, I say this meaning it that when you, you spend hours studying a passage and preparing and praying over it for your own life and then how to teach it to uh, your congregation uh, that you love so much, it does become this important, you know, just overwhelmingly um, key passage in your own life. Uh, and I say that to say that I, I love every aspect of the Word of God. And while it's one of my favorite passages, when I really think through one of the more unique uh, passages of Scripture that is one of my favorite, uh, it's got to be the end of Exodus chapter 34. And in fact, Exodus 35, sorry. Um, it is because, and here's here's the reason why. They're in the middle of the tabernacle. This is where typically people's Bible readings have slowed down a little bit. First half of Exodus is good. Second half is a little bit clunky. And it starts talking about fabric and random laws, and people kind of get disinterested. But what's crazy is this is that um, he comes in and brings in these two characters, of which we really don't know a whole lot about. But what he does tell us about is so eye-opening that this is the passage I'll always go to when people will say, you know what, I don't know if I have any kind of gift that God could use. Um, it says here in Exodus 35, verse 30, Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord is called by name, Bazel, the son of Uri and son of Ur the, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill and intelligence, with knowledge, with all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood for work in every skilled craft. And he's inspired him. And, and then it goes on from there, and it starts in the next chapter, list a couple other guys and whatnot, their names, and, and basically it's this. It's crazy. He says, The Spirit of God has put these these abilities, artistic design and construction work for his glory. And you go, wait, wait, who gave that to him? Well, it says the spirit of God filled these guys that are listed in this passage. And then, and the following one with the ability to basically be an architect and construction worker and a designer, which is not typically what you think about being used in sacred kind of spaces and whatnot. But what were they building? Well, they were building the tabernacle. And, and here's the thing that I, I don't know about Moses' artistic abilities, but God didn't use him in that. I don't know about if Moses was able to swing a hammer or design a piece of fabric or, or sew this here or, you know, erect that there. Like, I don't know. Like, and if he couldn't do that, God didn't call on him to do that. God did call him to lead and, and to preach and to, and to share and to lead and to all those aspects. And, and this is what I'm getting at. Probably on the day that the tabernacle was, you know, open up, Moses, you know, played a pretty big role. Aaron, as the priest, you know, he played a pretty big role. But I can promise you this. Without those couple of guys that God had um, put it inside them to make these unlikely contributions, Moses would have never been able to preach from the tabernacle because the tabernacle would have never been constructed if Bazel and Ohio and all these different guys had not done their job. And the reason why that's so important is a lot of times we'll see that person with a microphone in front of them and they're teaching and everybody goes, God's using that person. But what you don't ever think about is, well, who's turning the microphone on? Who has built the stage? Who's designed the certain place where the seats can come around and hear that? And what you find is when the tabernacle comes and, and the presence of the Lord fills it up, while God can use anything, he chose to use people that we would see as typical secular workers doing ordinary skills that he used for an extraordinary purpose, which is to come back to God uses unlikely people and their contributions. So 
So if you're listening to this and you're a preacher or you work in ministry and you go, well, God's used those gifts, that's awesome. But I also believe statistically, probably there's a lot of you that are listening to this that aren't preachers. They're not teachers. And you don't feel like your job is to lead a church or to um, to, to direct a ministry or whatnot. That doesn't mean that God can't use your gifts and talents for the ministry. God said that he put these different guys together and he filled his spirit with skill and particular skills for a purpose to do this. The reason why I mentioned that is that it, it is so amazing to see when God uses different skill sets of certain things that were I definitely can't do, but if you did not have this person doing it, uh, it, it wouldn't take place. I, I think about the, the pulpit that I preach from um, every Sunday where it is somebody in the church that I went to who is a woodworker and said, hey, I want it to be this, and I want the pulpit to come from the same wood that the new cross is going to be in our sanctuary, right? Because I want to show that the, the preaching element and the cross, like this is where it all comes down to, that we have nothing else to preach but preach Christ crucified. And and when I stand by that pulpit and I, and I put my hands around it every Sunday, like I'm, I'm mindful of the fact like somebody's did done this, I could not do it. There's just no way. And God has used it. Um, the last um, couple of months has been a pretty crazy kind of situation in our church family because uh, uh, there's a, a piece of property that I've prayed for and a few others in our church have prayed for for a mission house. It's right beside our property, one of the last few areas that we can even kind of touch. And all of a sudden, we uh, it came available, and uh, we had to act on it really quick. Amazingly, uh, God allowed us to purchase this home that was in need of a lot of work and renovation, uh, but also this land that was all around it. It touches our property, one of the last few places that we could even imagine getting. Uh, and, and yet what's happened in the last couple months since this has been unbelievable because obviously it seems like God is, you know, put, putting all this stuff together. Somebody in the church came to me and said, man, look, look what God's doing because you had this vision. I thought, well, yeah, but look what God's doing because he's also inspired all these other people who have skills that I don't have. I think about the person in our church who has architectural skills that's helping us draw plans up of how, how to renovate the space. I think about the plumber who has donated his time to fixing all this stuff. I think about the guy who came in the other day who is an electrician who's fi uh, fixing some things. I, I think about how literally there was somebody who came to a student camp in our area who uh, is, is from Virginia leading the team and just comes alongside and says, do you guys need some help? And we said, well, we're doing some yard work today. What, what do you do? And he goes, I, I run a tree business that I cut down trees. I think about the guy who came alongside and said, hey, uh, do you guys need some work done on the grading aspect? Well, yeah, we, we do, but how in the world are we going to do it? Well, my company can do it. I want to come alongside and help you. And, and you start seeing all these different places that in the last few weeks, what we have noticed is people in white-collar, blue-collar situations, people with degrees, people with um, all, all kinds of dynamics and expertise have come in and been able to come alongside and do this amazing work. Now, I've been standing up behind a microphone and saying, hey, we need some people to step up, but this stuff's not happening unless... God's Spirit has filled people with certain skills of which I don't have. And the reason why I tell you that is, as I look and to see the people who've been cutting trees and cleaning out brush and scraping popcorn ceilings and, and laying things out and providing um, lights for whatnot, all these different things, it reminds me, don't you dare shortcut. Uh, don't you dare shortchange God that in some ways he can't use your skills because they don't fit in certain categories. God has given you skills and 
there to probably make a living for yourself and provide for your family, but also to expand the kingdom of God. So open up your eyes, expand your mind a little bit, and think maybe how God has wired you to benefit and further the kingdom of God. I hope to see you on the second mile.